0: Press record. Coach Paige here with Zan and Chloe for episode number Trace. This is my lucky number. So, you know, it's going to be a good one with us. So good to be back. It's- Why is it your lucky number? I'm a triplet and I'm number three, <laughs> <laughs> which is so corny, but it's the reason that's why Love it. um but yeah it's really good to be back with you guys yay coming into a new year we're coming out of COVID soon fingers crossed I'm just gonna start putting it out there yeah. so it starts becoming more Manifest real it. Manifest and it. yeah I just I feel like this year is gonna be a good one and so is this podcast season So in case you're new to us, we are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com to book a free consult call. It's always such a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) It is. So today we are covering a interesting topic. You've probably seen the show title by now since you're listening to this podcast. But today we're discussing our irrational thoughts when it comes to tracking and food and routine. But before we get into that, let's just kind of catch up with each other. I feel like I have not seen Chloe and Zan on Zoom in a hot minute. And yes, we do Zoom <laughs> when we do podcasts. We can see each we other. We love so we're to not see each talking. other. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But these girls were telling me about their fabulous weekends. Chloe had a Sunday fun day. And Zan was in Vegas. So let's hear it, ladies. Yes. Well, first, I'm
1: just glad that our audience doesn't have to see what we look like today. because Oh, um, whatever. <laughs> hair in a bun. We're in our little track suits, you know, living Looking life. so cute. But... Like we've said from the beginning, we're going to keep it real with you guys. And who goes to Vegas and doesn't binge drink? Exactly. I mean, I did. And mind you, Vegas was for my dad's birthday, but I think I outdrank him <laughs> the whole weekend. As it should
0: be. Of course, he did yeah hey
1: he turned 70 and he still rages and i am so proud like i went to his hotel room sunday morning to say goodbye and i had to bring him a pedialyte Stop. because he was struggling and i was like dad yes <laughs> I, love dad. I hope i can be like you at 70 years where old. you get it from amazing. we see where you get it
2: from
0: Oh, my God. Oh, great. yeah.
1: <laughs> Such goals. He is the party animal. Life <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, well, Van is you a little. You should ask him
0: at 70 if his hangovers have gotten better. Like, you know when they get worse? Like, being at 30, I feel like they're so much worse. And I feel like there's got to be a point where they start getting better, right? I would hope so. I don't know. <laughs> but so
1: far, the only cure is to continue drinking. Like, that's, okay. that's all I okay. know. Cause, noted. Cause, <laughs> He really drank, he drank a lot Friday night and then they went golfing all day Saturday and he's like, Zan, I just kept it going. I didn't even know I was hungover. I was like, oh, what? Beautiful. It's beautiful.
2: (laughs) It's poetic. Yeah. Zan's in a little bit of a better spot than (laughs) I am today. As Paige said, Sunday fun day, maybe one or two or three too many tequila shots have got me feeling a little slow today, but... Oh I did God. not keep drinking, so I am just babying this hangover with liquid IV and chicken
0: nuggets for dinner, so
2: <laughs> and my not girl. getting out of bed.
0: The cure. The- yeah, no. Yes. And she has Zan's puppy right next to her. Yep. Your kitty's probably somewhere. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> all the all the snuggles exactly. for the day. Good. Well, <laughs> thanks for, you know, taking time out of your busy schedules to be here with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will be fun. So this busy. will be very lighthearted. This is like the perfect episode to actually do a little hungover because when I'm a little hungover, I get a little goofy. So <laughs> um let's just, you know, grab the bull by the horns and dive in here. So This topic essentially all started when I posted an Instagram story. This is further back when I was first experiencing some gut health issues earlier this year, and I was really trying to pinpoint this one specific thing that was making me cause, or making me feel like I had inflammation and weight gain and just feeling terrible, like I couldn't fit in my clothes. By the way, I still feel that way. Uh, Spoiler alert. It hasn't gotten better, (laughs) but I'm working with an RD to try and, you know, cure that. However, I was really kind of going crazy a little bit. Like there's always kind of that point of I've tried everything and nothing is working. How can I fix this? And so I'm going through my day and my routine and I'm kind of thinking, well, I do have a Go Macro bar every day. And it's higher in fat and carbohydrates. And so they're a little bit more dense in terms of a snack or breakfast. And so I was really trying to convince myself that the reason for the weight gain and inches, et cetera, was because of this go macro bar, because I felt like everything else in my day was pretty okay and pretty normal. And then I had this moment of like, girl, check yourself, because this is absurd. (laughs) Like, it's actually a little concerning that I was thinking that way. But I did come to the resolution myself. And so I just went to Instagram one day and started talking about it and decided to pull our Instagram audience and hear about their irrational thoughts because it was sort of in the same vein. And I thought we would just try to rationalize some of these I don't want to use the word crazy, but it is a little crazy. Um, Maybe outlandish (laughs) type of thinking. Um, So obviously, what I was thinking wasn't real or true in the moment. And what these women have submitted to us isn't true. Um, But I just thought it would be fun to discuss the uh, issues at hand. So Zan and Chloe, have you guys, I'm sure, have had these thoughts? Anything specific that's coming to mind right now?
2: The first thing that probably came to mind to me was um, since, you know, we're coming off of Mother's Day weekend, summer's coming, all of these social activities are starting to like come back into our lives. And something that I used to like tell myself was that if I was like pretty spot on with my numbers Monday through Friday, like by the time the weekend rolled around, if I had a meal out, like I had to make it worth it or else like I didn't get my money's worth for lack of a better phrase. Like, Mm -hmm. so I would just go crazy and eat way too much. Like all of the foods, wasn't even hungry, eat anything, collapse in a food coma after unbutton my pants. Like all of these things, just because I felt that like, (laughs) if I didn't make it worth it, then it was a waste. When in reality, like it's literally just another meal. It's just another day. Like, what do you, what do you mean? I have to make it worth it. I'm just going out to eat. It's not a big Mm -hmm. deal.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: What did Coach Nat used to say? Something like, stop treating it like it's your last meal. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's kind of like our mentality when it doesn't have to be like that because as long as it fits in your macros, you can eat whatever you want. Exactly. But I feel you, Chloe. We've all been there for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: I would say mine is kind of ongoing. Like it definitely... um, Comes to me often, and I have to like talk myself off my own ledge. But basically, I have this irrational fear that. Well, if you rewind um, years ago in college, I was like 40 plus pounds heavier than what I am now, zero muscle definition, you know, never lifted a weight in my life. And, you know, if I have a really indulgent weekend, kind of like I just did over Vegas, I have this irrational fear that I'm going to let myself go Mm -hmm. and get back to that place that I was. And don't get me wrong. I had the best four years of my life in college, but I also was secretly depressed and, you know, like self-hatred over my body. And so I just have this fear that I'm going to get back there when I'm like, okay, no, I have lived this lifestyle for six to seven years. Now Mm -hmm. I've quite literally been the same weight for six to seven years. You know, once I went through my transformation and I know for a fact that I would never let myself get back to that point. So it's like, Sometimes you just have to calm yourself down, and literally, I like, I sometimes just sit in my room and talk to myself yeah. until I until I let those like thoughts come and go, and then I just yeah I shake my head and I'm like I don't even know why yeah. I think this way anymore, yeah. but it's it still exists. It's, it's easy to there. get
0: to that space when you're in sort of that like you know scaries or Sunday scaries, or sorry, Chloe, for you Monday scaries <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, because (laughs) you do feel so not yourself and you're so bloated and whether you decide, I'm sure Zandy, you don't really weigh yourself anymore, but you kind of, you know, feel like the need to step on the scale and be like, Oh my God, what, what kind of damage did I do to myself? So I completely empathize with that too. We've all been there. Um, clearly this, the point of this is to show you guys that us coaches (laughs) still have irrational thoughts. I've had many even today. I've actually been trying to be more aware of them uh, as they come up. And I'm sure, as you guys notice after this podcast, that you probably will too. And the point is to try and lessen them. But just like all of us, we're all human. And even when you try and meditate and try and silence your mind, there are thoughts that are still coming in. So this is kind of the same vein of, you know, you can't completely silence them, but you can choose how to react to them. So... I I thank you guys for being honest about that, because I think it's important uh, just to kind of get that out there. So let's dive into the questions that our, or I shouldn't even say questions. These are responses that I received from the audience. And I sort of sectioned them out by topic. So the first topic is a big one, and that is fear surrounding a type of food or how much food you're eating. And this first one, we'll start with a banger here. Um, This woman (laughs) wrote that she puts half of banana in her smoothie because a full banana is too many carbs. So initial gut reactions and go.
1: Um, Live your life, girlfriend. (laughs) The other half of the banana is not going to do anything to you. (laughs) Yes. But yes, I do know that bananas have are very chock full of carbs, very carby fruit, if you will, but it's a good source of carbs. Mm-hmm. And so I do understand how that thought comes in and how we choose to react to it. Like you said, is what we do have control over. And I know how to kind of rewrite that script and let that thought be more of a fleeting
0: thought, if you will. Mm-hmm. But well said, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, worse comes to worse. You have the full banana by accident or you decide you want the full thing. What, it's another 10 to 15 grams of carbohydrates? Okay, big deal. Like it's, to your point, a very nutritious option for a carbohydrate. Uh, This is not just a ball of saturated fat that you're eating. Um, A banana is a banana is a banana. And this actually related to a podcast episode that I was listening to her name's Ariel Laurie. She is the creator of The Blonde Files, and she talks all about gut health and wellness. And she re- recently posted and talked about a photo that someone had posted. I don't know the original creator of this, but it was a photo of a contents or ingredients of what a banana is made of. And this is like the epitome. I wish I could share this with you guys, and maybe at some point we'll be able to, but. The ingredients of the banana has things in there like fatty acids, or I honestly can't even pronounce these words. Even if I tried, there's color (laughs) flavors in there. Um, It's this really, really long list of what a banana is actually made of. And I think it's kind of funny um, because it is a banana, a true source of, you know, I always like to say it, this is like God's gift to Earth. Like you're eating the Earth, <laughs> like you're eating vegetables and fruit. Like This is what was made, we were made to eat. Um, and there's sugars in there, too, which I think is important to call out. And that's where the demonizing starts to happen. So I know that's not necessarily on topic, but it kind of is because it was in the back of my memory bank that I wanted to show you guys. So almond butter, this is our second one almond butter people avoid because it's high in fat um understandable chloe thoughts on this one yeah i just
2: think i've heard this before you know whether it be almond butter or peanut butter or even those people kind of going off of that who like refuse to eat peanut butter but like will eat almond butter because like peanut butter for some reason down the line got like a worse rep than almond butter and it's like (laughs) Like you said, Paige, a nut butter is a nut butter, and yes, it's high in fat. Almonds are literally sources of fat, so you're gonna get what yeah. you're gonna get. Like, have as much almond butter as you want. Have half a tablespoon, a tablespoon, two tablespoons. Like, it's a, it's a source of fat. There's no there's right. room for it in your diet, and there's no reason to avoid it.
0: Exactly.
1: On the first uh, podcast episode, Chloe and I literally talked about how we go through oh, like, yeah. a jar a week. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> We love it. And um, I think the biggest thing is really taking a step back and asking yourself, what do you love? And Mm -hmm. if you love almond butter or any type of nut butter, you will make it a priority to fit it into your day. If you're not crazy about it, then yeah, I totally understand why you may not implement it because it can take up a lot of your fats and it may not be worth it to you. Mm That's what I always tell my clients, just slow down and ask yourself, is it worth it or is it not?
0: And that's more even talking from like a deficit mentality too, potentially, because your fats are maybe a little bit lower than what your maintenance would be too. So if you're in maintenance, I mean, Mm -hmm. you being able to have an avocado and peanut butter and nuts in your day is very, very likely.
2: Yeah. Like why, Mm -hmm. why would you not or opt to not? Eat the almond butter because it's high in fat, but like you'll have avocado toast Mm -hmm. every morning. Or like you'll put a tablespoon of olive oil on your salad as you're dressing. Like it it's a fat from one way, one source or another. It's a fat. (laughs) Right.
0: Exactly. Uh this is a hotter topic surrounding dairy. Someone else had written this in, but cutting out dairy, even though she loves it because she thinks it causes inflammation. So I mean, this is interesting, right? Because dairy has been, in the last, I feel like, couple of years especially, um, demonized to think about whether it affects your skin, your gut health, etc. cetera. Uh, but I think this is very specific to the individual. And I don't think a lot of people give it enough time to see how it reacts to you. I think some people think that they just have to cut it out because that's what the world is telling them. When, in fact, your body might actually really be able to tolerate it. So I think this is an interesting one that potentially this person hasn't even given it the chance to see if it causes inflammation in her. She's just kind of writing it off because she thinks someone on social media said it's bad.
2: I, um, I feel like that can kind of tie on with the same thing like gluten. Like some people have a disease like a celiac and they can't have gluten. But like being gluten free shouldn't really be like a fad. And being dairy free is not mm-hmm. really like a fad. It either agrees with you or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then there's not room okay. for it. But if it does and it doesn't really give you any problems, then there's no reason to not eat it. It tastes good. Exactly. Cheese? Come on. Cheese. That's all I have to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like it got this like stigma, you know, being dairy free and gluten free is healthier. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. Actually, you know, it's just a different source of, you know, whether it be fats, carbs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that's probably one of my biggest annoyances is people just saying, oh, I'm gluten free because I'm yeah. healthier. Yeah. I'm like, that, that means nothing no, to me. No. <laughs> yeah, healthy. And quite honestly, if you have a sensitivity to dairy, you're going to freaking know right. you have a sensitivity to dairy. And so if you just think think this is what's causing inflammation it's most likely not but again like page said you know sometimes we just don't give it enough time to even see whether it is or not we automatically read something on the internet and be you know think that that's the culprit Right. right away
0: exactly another big one um that I think we all have been in this situation, and quite honestly, I'm still here some days. Um, is that the conception or a misconception that eating less equals getting skinny? And in the same vein, when your stomach fat isn't shrinking, you should reduce your carbohydrate intake. And I think this is a direct correlation to diets from the 90s. Zan and I did a podcast episode on the diet culture and the different types of diets. And this one just brings back to that episode for me. And like I said, I'm, I'm personally still really struggling with this myself. Um, it's been a couple gosh, it's been probably close to six or seven months since I've been struggling with my gut health issues. And I'm currently also not tracking. Um, I am having to go do like a more gluten-free, dairy-free lifestyle for now. I will 100% incorporate them back when I have the green light to do so. Um, I'm getting like some stool tests done and everything. That's the only reason why I'm um, removing it. So long story short, I am again kind of searching for that one thing that will be you know, my kryptonite that will save me from how I'm feeling. And I know that when I was in a deficit and tracking heavily, I saw major results. And so for me, this is my safety blanket to go back to, and I haven't, but I know it's the easier thing to do for me um, if I want maybe answers or maybe f- to feel the way that I want to feel. So, just throwing it out there, I absolutely still struggle with this one, especially in the current state of my life.
1: And I think a lot of our clients know by now, eating less does not mean that you're automatically going to get skinny. Because most people coming into the habit, they're under eating, right. whether they're conscious or conscious about it or not and they are cutting their carbs that's like always the first thing to go mm-hmm. I had a client who was eating less than 100 grams of carbs a day and I'm like girl oh my god do you know how incredible you're gonna feel once you start eating more right. and we've gotten her to basically double yeah. you know what she was and she feels incredible yeah. and again you know it's just coming from this place of fear and the only way to kind of Um, you know, battle that fear is to prove yourself wrong. And, you know, kind of diving full in and eating more, including carbs and seeing that it's really not, you know, as scary as it had to be. Exactly. So Well said.
2: I just kind of piggybacking off of what Zan said, like, I think we've had, especially lately, I feel like maintenance is the big trend and reversing out of a deficit is the big trend. And I'm seeing so many women continue, like, losing inches eating more so that like literally proves this irrational fear wrong that like the only way to lose weight or shrink belly fat or whatever it may be is to eat less and sometimes if you eat more then you'll lose weight and you'll shrink belly fat it's just it depends on so many different things and it's not as simple anymore, really, as just like calories in and calories out.
1: Chloe, tell tell the listeners what your client said this morning. Yeah. So
2: I have a client who she was in the deficit um, for like the beginning of our program. And then we kind of came to a point she was getting a little hungrier, um, kind of a little low energy. So we um, decided to start reversing her out. And she came to me this morning and like really wants to break or like reach 300 grams of carbs a day, like 300 grams of carbs a day. Oh, that's so many yay. carbs. And so <laughs> like so much cereal that you can eat on that. And that's awesome. <laughs> and like, that is what, like, that's how it should be. Like we should not be scared. We should not have yeah. to eat less than a hundred grams of carbs to feel good about ourselves. Like she, since we have been reversing her out, like she has continued to lose a little bit of weight she hasn't gained any weight. Like her inches are still making progress and she like, wants to eat all the food and it's just so important to realize that like there is no bad foods
0: i love you chloe's clients that's amazing Mm. i know it's so refreshing to hear that you know it really is anything is possible (laughs) (laughs) 300 carbs like makes me teary oh my gosh oh my gosh i want yes
2: Yes, I would love to be there.
0: <laughs> I want
2: three hundred. Yeah, please right one now, sitting. Right? So. Yeah. One sitting thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's dive into our next topic here, and that has to do with scale, um, which is very commonly discussed amongst our clients, uh, that we love to combat. So this one uh, that was submitted. Someone had said they were feeling mentally and physically amazing, but still upset with what the scale had said. So, Chloe, your thoughts? I run into this too
2: many times the past couple of months, weeks, whatever it may be, where photos are incredible. Inches are incredible. Energy, sleep, strength and workouts, hitting PRs in the gym, Everything is just trending in a positive direction, and the scale is either like not moving or not dropping as fast as they would want. But, like, that it's just we have been like ingrained in our minds that the scale is the only thing that matters when there are hundreds of other points of progress that are way more important than just the number on the scale. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that you're not making any progress because the scale's not moving when you're down. Eight or nine inches. Like that's exactly, that's quite irrational.
1: The number on the scale doesn't define you. And I think this is where we get really caught up in comparing ourselves to others and, you know, just looking at someone and being like, well, why can't I look like her and weigh the same weight as her, you know? And it's great to have like body goals, but at the same time, like Chloe said, you just listed off 10 other things that are positive and you're letting this one progress indicator you know trump all and like i said in the past podcast if i could um, somehow destroy every single scale that it, like existed in the world. I would because it's driving our clients insane mm-hmm. when they you know have so much to be proud of, and so sometimes it's actually sad. Like I, I hate that it's like this, and this is not to say that we coaches don't get caught up in this. Absolutely, like I just said, my biggest fear is ever reverting back to my old lifestyle, and that can sometimes happen when I step on the scale and it's a little higher mm-hmm. than what I'm used to. I automatically my first thought is oh shit I'm I'm gonna look like how I did in college right. and I'm like do you know how much it would actually take a lot of work right. for me to get back to how I was in college right. I mean I was drinking like six night a week <laughs> exactly not so much anymore yeah so yep we're human too. We get caught up on it, but we also have, I feel like the education to kind of talk ourselves down right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, that's what we currently have to do for our clients, which we're happy to do. So of course, yeah. you know, we want to be there for them, yeah. but we do hope that they can get to that point where they can talk themselves yeah. off. Of and it
2: there have been sure. times I know Zan with you and I'm sure Paige with you, where we've had to tell our clients like this next week, you are not allowed to step on the scale. Like you yes, are staying the off the scale. I don't want to hear about you stepping on the scale I don't want to see you entering any weight into the tracker like you are not allowed to get on the scale at least for a week and come back to me with your mental improvements on how how great you're feeling Mm -hmm. that you're not letting that number get you down all the
1: time yeah yes I I had a client where we had this conversation all the time and she was going to go out to eat over the weekend and I'll say do not step on the scale the next Mm -hmm. day do not do it It will be higher. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact after eating out. It's going, it might be a pound higher, whatever. Just please don't step on the scale. Well, she stepped on the scale. And also another variable, she was about to start her period. So she gained, I think the scale was four pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. She literally was like, what the actual fuck is going on? And this is what I said to her. I was like, you already know what I'm going to say, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) And. All she had, she literally was like crying laughing because she's like, God damn it, I know. She's like, I don't even, I don't, she's like, why did I even do this? And I was like, you just needed me, you just needed me to kind of, you know, give you that reality check and that's okay. But, um. I'm glad she's in a point where she can laugh about how she's reacting because she knows it's irrational. And so, Completely. yeah, it was kind of a funny moment.
0: The dot, dot, <laughs> dot. She <knew. laughs>
1: oh, she knew. She's like, oh, God. I'd be Sorry, like, oh, Zang. shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like this, you know, sick twisted relationship that we have. Like we would never have a boyfriend that was like the scale, like (laughs) it just wouldn't happen. We wouldn't allow it. So why are we letting this, you know, fictitious character rule our life and our thoughts? But I do understand it because I think, again, kind of going back what we're conditioned to think that the scale equals progress when you lose. And when in your mind you aren't making progress and losing, you are failing. And that's why we think in such black and white terms when it comes to this, in my opinion. Uh, So yeah, very complex relationship. Um, And sticking to the scale focus, um, I actually had a friend write this in. And she had written that any weight gain from a scale perspective, she correlates it back to a specific carbohydrate source, which is the crackers that she bought the night before. She's like, I can't eat the crackers. I throw them away as soon as I buy them or right after you know she steps on the scale and sees this high, she's like, oh my God, it was the crackers the night before. It had to be that, there's no other explanation. And just makes me laugh because I know who she is. Um, <laughs> so your thoughts, ladies.
2: It It can be like, Literally, I can't even count on two hands how many different things that it could be for the scale being up one pound, two pounds, half a pound. You ate an hour later than you did the night before. You had an extra glass of water. You had more or less salt. You slept an extra hour. Like there's so many things that can correlate to the scale increasing. And a lot of percent of the time it's not directly related to the crackers. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Believe it or
1: not. (laughs) I'm just sad that she that she threw the crackers away. I I hate wasting food. That makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) But going off of what Chloe said, I, I had a client that kind of had one of those moments. And I basically in one text, I probably listed Maybe 15 questions. I was like, ask yourselves all these things. And it was basically questions based off of all the variables that can cause weight fluctuation. And I sent it to her and she's like, holy shit. She's like, all of these. And I'm like, boom, there you go. And she's like, oh my God. Like, honestly, she's like, I have never even considered any Mm -hmm. of this. And I'm like, well, next time you have one of those irrational thoughts, ask yourself one of these questions. Yeah. And I guarantee you can probably put a little check mark by one of them. Absolutely.
0: Moving into lifestyles, so there's kind of a mixed bag for this one because lifestyles all over the place. But I just made a broad category for this. So we will dive into the first submission, which is around struggling when she feels guilty, when she goes off track for a day, and then she restricts the next day. So it's kind of just like this vicious cycle of going overboard um, potentially, right? Maybe it's just the type of food that she was eating and then going into a restrict phase the next. So if she was fully kind of enjoying herself at that celebration, she just thinks that she's back at square one. Um, and that could be for a multitude of reasons, maybe to Chloe's point that she made earlier, maybe she thinks she has to go balls to the wall when she goes out to eat, because it's her one opportunity to get the things she really wants. And maybe it's that, you know, feeling, maybe the guilt is associated with the type of food that she ate that maybe didn't serve her stomach the best. I mean, that's why she's kind of going into this spiral. It doesn't even probably have to do with the amount of calories. Sometimes it's the type of food that Mm -hmm. you potentially eat.
1: I always tell my clients, it's like a blessing and a curse to start eating this way. Because once you start eating super balanced, um, maybe a little cleaner than what you did in the past, you feel amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you have a day like that, where let's say you ate fast food, your body your body can reject it at times and you can feel absolutely awful. And um, I just say, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, almost a re or almost a motivation in a way, because they're like, holy crap, I don't want to feel this way. So I was, and then they always say, I'm so excited to get right back on track the next day. Mm -hmm. And when they do eat, you know, balance the next day and hit their macros, they feel amazing. And so that's what we want our clients to get into the rhythm of, not this binge restrict cycle, because it doesn't have to be that way, you know. Accept whatever happened the day before and hit your macros the next day. And within a day, you're going to feel fine and right back on track.
2: I have clients come to me every once in a while and they're like, well, I know that I was probably like 30, 40 grams over my carbs yesterday. Like, does that mean I have to eat less today? And I the first thing I usually say is like the way that I see it is your macro bank with all of your macros that you have kind of refresh when you go to bed. And when you wake up, you wake up with a full bank and you don't have to put in extra or pull out extra or leave some left in the bank because of your spending the day before. It's like every new day you start over. So there's really no reason to get into this cycle of eat less eat more eat less eat more because then that'll just kind of lead you down the ha- the rabbit hole like you said Zan with like binging and restricting you should never really have to restrict yourself just because of what happened the day before and I always say the best thing you can do for yourself is just get right back on
0: track mic drops that was so good I love that such a good analogy <laughs> Um, intuitively eating is intimidating. Um, of course it is. Yep. First of all, (laughs) uh, that means you have to listen to yourself and your body. And when you're coming from maybe a, you know, difficult past or disordered past, that's the last thing that you know how to do. Um, so I'm still intimidated. (laughs) Would love to know what you guys think.
1: I try to push a lot of my clients to intuitively eat and, I, I tell them it doesn't mean you can't ever track again, but I want you to challenge yourself because moments like going on vacation or going out to eat, you know, I always have clients being like, I hate being out to dinner and feel like I have to track. I'm like, well, you don't have to track, but we need to practice intuitively eating so that you can go into these situations feeling confident about your choices. And so step one is what I usually take is I have my girls, Plate their food by just visualizing, you know, what a portion size is and making their best guess. Then measure the food afterwards and see how accurate they really are. They could be completely off and that's okay, but this is, the more they do it, the more they're going to teach themselves of how to visualize what an actual portion size is. So down the road, I want them to be able to look at a restaurant. I mean, let's get real. Our portion sizes in America are insanely, you know overdone Mm -hmm. let's put it that way and you know I want them to be able to look at a plate and be like okay this is more like seven ounces of chicken instead of a typical three to four ounce. Okay, let me split this in half and save the other half for the next day. Or, hey, instead of a cup of rice, this looks more like four cups of rice, you know, and I want them to be able to do that and know how much to eat, how much to box up and have for leftovers or whatever it might be. And, you know, the more they practice that, the more confidence they get in that.
2: As with anything, you know, Anything you try and anything you're learning, the more you practice it, the better and the easier it's going to become. And it's like if you are tracking every single day, Monday through Sunday, diligently and inputting everything and weighing everything. And all of a sudden, if someone were to take away your scale, take away your MyFitnessPal and you had to go and do it on your own, you probably would have no idea what to do. So I like Zan Mm -hmm. says, I encourage my clients you know the more that you try it start a meal at a time start a day at a time and if that seems scary like go back to meals and meal ideas that you know have fit in your day in the past like you're allowed to make the same thing twice that's okay go back to days that you know have fit in your day-to-day in your macros in the past eat those meals eat those snacks and like the more days you get under your belt Trying and practicing intuitive eating, the better setup you're going to be when the time comes when you do want to put the scale and the pal away.
0: Right. I like to say practice makes I mean, I... better, not practice makes perfect there because actually all the time, mm-hmm. because I think perfect is a little unrealistic. Yeah. Um, so the more that you could be conditioned in not only portion sizes, but how that meal makes you feel afterwards the more that you'll want to feel the way that you feel after a really nutritious, delicious meal. hmm
1: I mean, I think it's so vital for us to create that mind to body connection. I mean, if you're not in tune with your body, you're going to be in prison to having to track and measure and log everything the rest of your life. And that's really no way to live. Mm -hmm. It's just like working out, right? If you don't build that mind to muscle connection and know what areas you're trying to target, you're most likely not going to see the progress that you want to see. And so it's the same thing when it comes to our stomachs and what we put into our bodies. So it's super vital. I mean... I know when I'm short on protein, like I can feel it and I crave protein. I mean, let's get real over the weekend with Vegas, I was not having typical meals. By the time we got to dinner at like 8 p.m., my whole plate was nothing but protein because that's how much like my body needed Mm -hmm. it. And ultimately, that's the place that we want all of our clients to get to.
0: Yeah, even just for me making that mind body connection lately, I've been doing this thing called chewing and chewing really slowly and actually tasting my food. It's kind of crazy, actually, you guys, like, I know it sounds so stupid, but I've been putting all the tech away when I eat and it's wild how much more it's, uh, appetizing and how much more I enjoy my meals and how my stomach feels after it's, Kind of wild. I highly, highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's
1: not crazy at all. Actually, like back when I was like a therapist, I would do mindful eating exercises where I would be reading a script to them. And like they felt so awkward because like I was making them choose slow. I was making them notice all the (laughs) physiological changes that were happening in their body for tasting food. But it's really like, I don't know, it builds a lot of awareness and it makes you savor every single bite because let's get real. We love food and it's like naturally rewarding. Absolutely. So don't shovel the food in like five minutes. Exactly. Enjoy it forces
2: it. you to slow down and something I
1: need to work on. <laughs> it no. forces you yeah. to
2: slow down. I eat yeah. so fast. She does. <laughs> it forces you to slow down and just let your body realize that it might be full soon. And when you just right. scarf down food in five minutes, it's no surprise that 15 minutes later, you're going to feel like crap and have to unbutton your pants a little bit or put on your stretchy pants because yeah. you didn't give your body enough time <laughs> to realize like wow I just ate this entire plate of food I might be full so I should maybe
0: stop yeah crazy concept that's why yoga pants yeah. were invented <laughs> all of us at work from home it's just all we live in now too so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Up. I want to do two more before we wrap up. So I'm gonna go for some interesting ones. Um, closing your watch rings every day, or she won't lose fat, which I think is super interesting yeah. because this has absolutely nothing to do with losing fat. Yeah.
2: Or just like the idea mm-hmm. that if I don't mm-hmm. wear my Apple Watch, my workout didn't count. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh my God, that's so funny. Not funny. Yeah. No,
0: it's Yeah, funny and not funny.
1: I mean, yeah. I hate that she feels that way. But I get it, though. Actually, I will say. So Sundays are my, like, rest days. I, I, Honestly, I do not do anything. Um, I choose to be sedentary because I want to. (laughs) And I catch myself. What a good thing. I won't put... (laughs) I know. Right. I don't wear my watch that day. And why? Because it made me feel like a piece of crap when I would look and I would had like 900 steps for the day. (laughs) And I'm like, so I choose not to wear it. But I'm like, why does that even make me feel that way in the first place? But again, it's one of those irrational thoughts. Yes, it really is.
0: Zan and I actually coach somebody, um, and she'll re- remain nameless. But her and I have uh, were recently working on this before she hopped off the program. And she had, she said it herself. She was getting obsessed with closing her watch rings every single day, and feeling that her you know progress was directly correlated to that. And she would make these absurd goals for herself every single day, like I don't know. I'm just gonna say a thousand calories burned a day. And she wouldn't be able to allow herself to not close those rings. And by the time her program was over, she was, I, I don't even know if she was wearing her Apple Watch anymore, or if she just said, screw it to the rings being closed, which I thought was super just like instrumental to her being able to live a sustainable lifestyle past just tracking macros too. So I know she's going to be listening to this podcast episode and you <laughs> know who she is too, Zian. So. <laughs>
2: Yes. Hey, girl.
0: <laughs> How <do I> feel? <laughs> um, last one is another interesting one that this woman had said she equates more calories, meaning more exercise, which is sort of true. Um, but do either of you guys want to take this? One? Yeah, I actually have had this conversation with some women and.
1: It's the whole idea of them being too reliant on exercise to see progress. Mm. Yes, exercise is pivotal in the process of losing weight, losing fat, but if you rely just on exercise as being the number one thing, you're never going to obtain those long-term goals or sustainable results because you will always feel imprisoned to having to work out where you put nutrition first, you know, nutrition should be number one. I mean, it is like 80% of the equation. And once you kind of let go of that kind of OCD-ness around exercise, I mean, you feel so much more free. And then you accept rest days, if you didn't plan a rest day, like you don't freak out as much. And a lot of my clients have experienced this. They're like, I didn't even care that I didn't work out today because I know if I hit my macros, I'm gonna still see progress. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell yes, thank yeah, you. that's the point. Yes. I think Salute. you can
2: even just make like the smallest switch between like more calories means I have to exercise more to like, if I exercise more, I get to eat more.
0: And just kind yeah, of flipping exactly. those around, like, that
2: sounds so much better and so much more intriguing. Like, I get to eat, so who doesn't true. want to eat more food? Like, honestly. Yeah. So if I exercise yeah. more, then I get to eat more. Mm-hmm. It's not like, right. just because I'm eating this much means I have to exercise this much.
0: Right. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, just kind of Absolutely. flipping it around. That's good. Yes. Well, Rewriting the script. Yeah, exactly. These have been fun. I really appreciate our Instagram community for jumping in on this. Um, this was just a handful of the amount of submissions. I've never seen a response like this before. I wish I could go through all of them. Um, but I think this is really good to just, like, get these thoughts out in the open and recognize that everyone has these, us included and in my opinion, it's really about just like building up a good tolerance to them. Again, it's not that they're never going to happen anymore to you, but rather let the thought and rather than letting the thought dictate the moment, take control of that moment and know that what you know is to be true is your, you know, source and what's going to guide you. So this definitely takes some practice. I'm finding that myself. I'm, first of all, just trying to become more aware of when this pops up, and typically it's when I'm having a not-so-great day, Um, whether it's stress-related, whether it's how I feel about myself, you name it, that's when these thoughts start to trickle in. Um, And if there isn't a solution that's clear-cut to you, That's why you have us, your coaches. And if you don't, um, you can always reach out to us on Instagram. And we would love to help. But we really hope that this podcast helped today. I appreciate you joining, Zan and Chloe. Of course. So good to see you of both. Course. And our next episode, the Habit Mamas are taking over for episode four. So Coach Fairlane, Mary, and Lexis will be discussing all things mom and family-based related things. So it'll be great um, because we have so many new mamas in the community. I'm looking at you COVID babies. You guys are <laughs> rampant right now, which is so exciting. <laughs> we know what yes. you've been up to. <laughs> um <laughs> the only thing to
1: do in quarantine let's get exactly <laughs> <laughs> says
0: like the single one <laughs> page i don't know if you want to keep that in or take that out dan but <laughs> oh i don't care i don't know i'm just kidding oh my gosh so good to see you guys and we'll chat soon yes bye bye, bye.